So my hope is that every single time that I come out to preach, everyone goes, what's he going to say today? Considering the fact that two weeks ago I preached on exorcism, and I try to make sure it's not the same kind of structure. If every single time I come out here, it's Father Adam tells a story, then he talks about the gospel, then he sends us on mission or something. That's just kind of, if you can predict my homily, I'm not doing a good job. So today I'm going to do something I don't think I've done here before, which is uh, kind of a Greek word study. So we're going into some grammar here. This is going to be a fun time. English, English teachers? No? Maybe? Okay. We have one. I see a hand. Okay. But we're going to look at this last line from our gospel today. Repent and believe in the gospel. Unfortunately, Mark doesn't give us too many details about Jesus' time being tempted in the desert. So I'm going to focus on this line here. These two verbs here, repent and believe. First, this word repent, which is in the Greek, it means to alter one's mind, to change the course of one's mind, to redirect our brain, if you will. And of course, what are we redirecting it towards? We're redirecting it from the world to the gospel, to have that altering and that changing course. And both these words, repent and believe, are second-person plural, active, present, imperative. I said we were getting into some Greek. So actually, this is English grammar, imperative. You know, we, I'm not even sure we teach these words anymore. It's a command. Jesus is giving a command to us. And in the Greek, the active imperative is not just a one singular moment, but continual, consistently. So it's not just one time repent and one time believe, but it must be continuous. And there are those who would say, oh, I had my moment of conversion. I had this singular time where I accepted Jesus into my life, and now I'm saved. It's happened. It was a momentary period in time. That's not what Jesus just told us. He says you must continue to repent and continue to believe in the gospel for your entire life. And this second person plural, he's not saying those people need to repent and those people need to believe. Second person plural, all y'all need to repent. All y'all need to believe. You guys over here need to repent and believe in the gospel. He's not saying you need to repent over here and you people, you're, you're fine, you're okay. All of us, every single person. And it's so easy for us today to say those people over there. No, Jesus is calling me to repentance. Every single one of us. Not that group. And continually, every day of our lives, to redirect our minds to the gospel. This word for gospel, evangelion, which is, had at the time of Jesus, one purpose, as far as I can tell in all of my studies on this word, one reason that word was used, proclaimed throughout Roman cities, throughout the Roman Empire. Messengers would come and speak this word, evangelion, proclaimed to the streets to proclaim a great victory for Caesar, Period. That's why that word was used. Caesar has won a great victory. The Roman Empire has won great victory in conquest. Well, Mark, the beginning, says this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That title 
was used for Caesar, son of God. Mark is saying, no, 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 no. Caesar has not won the victory. Caesar has not won the conquest. The actual victory, the actual conquest, the actual son of God is this Jesus. So now here's Jesus in a town of Galilee, primarily Roman, very Hellenistic in culture, saying, repent and believe in the gospel. This is a direct shaft to the Roman Empire. This is saying, no, you're wrong. That's not the conquest. What we need to be focusing on, what we need to be redirecting our minds to is this gospel. The gospel that Jesus Christ has come, died on the cross, brought about the resurrection to bring about our salvation. We must continually repent of the world to redirect our mind from the world to the gospel. There's a reason why we continually have Lent every single year and we have Advent every single year. These two seasons of repentance, penance. Because we have to redirect our minds, to separate ourselves from those worldly things, and to keep our minds centered on God. The three pillars are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And I'm just going to give everyone a little, uh, say, an ego check on how they're doing this Lent. Before the 5 p.m. Mass yesterday, I had a first grader, first grader, come to me, You know what she gave up for Lent? Her bed. She gave up her bed for Lent as a Lenten penance. That's pretty incredible. And most of us think like, oh, what a great sacrifice. But think of actually how small that sacrifice is. Most people in the world never have a bed. Majority of the world will never sleep on a bed most of their lives. And we see it, which is really, a bed is an American luxury, and a luxury for most of the world, and we're seeing it as this great penance. I have a, a third grader in the school who has decided that during Lent, every single week, every single Wednesday, is going to come for confession. Third grader recognizing a deeper need of repentance in his life, third grade. We should be able to look to these young people as examples and as models for us to challenge us to go deeper this Lent, to recognize all those things that distract us from God, that we might continually repent of the world, to redirect our minds back to God and accept and believe in the true gospel of Jesus Christ.